One, two, three. Hallelujah! Clap for the Lord. Amen. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for blessing us, blessing us to be here this morning. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, get your Bible out. Get your Bible out. I'm going to tell you guys something. If you, which I believe you will, and I believe you already do, but I just still need to say it just in case anybody else hears it. But if you believe in this Bible, your life is going to be changed forever. If you ever come to the place where you really believe this Bible, because sometimes people believe in church. Come on. Sometimes people even say they believe in Jesus. But like we said on Wednesday night, even the demons believe that there's one God and they fear and tremble. But he says, you know what? Faith without works is dead. Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I ever believe that this Bible is true, my life will change forever. Because you start to realize that I got nothing to worry about. Because everything I need is right here. And so we're going to stay committed to the truth. Amen. Amen. And so um, I want to preach this message this morning entitled the land of milk and honey, the land of milk and honey. And I want you to know, guys, now (laughs) I preached this a couple weeks ago. I said, you got to have faith for your next level. Uh, Some people get complacent. They say, oh, well, you know, I'm doing better than I used to do and all that type of stuff. But God In the kingdom, it's all about expansion. It's all about you getting better. And so the land of milk and honey. Now, look at your name and say, I'm going up. Okay, because I don't know if they believe you. Say, look back and say, no, I'm serious. I'm going up. Okay, you're not going. I'm telling you, man, we're not just going to stay where we used to be. Come on. We're going to advance. Come on. We're going to have testimonies of all oh, you. How long you been with God? Oh, you've been with God and you've been faithful. OK, well, that's why you're blessed like that. This is the real God we serve. It's not the world. The world says you've got to struggle. You've got to do all this stuff. No, you need to learn how to position yourself to receive what your God has for you. And that's what we want to do. Amen. And so the land of milk and honey, let's go to numbers, numbers 13. Some of you guys know this story, but I want to break some things down and and uh, help us to grow by this truth. And the Lord and we'll look at this first two verses in King James. But and the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. And so of every tribe, there's 12 tribes of Israel. So he had to send 12 men. Now, I want you to pay attention. He says, I want them to search out the land that I give. He didn't say some of the translations 
don't translate this right, but they'll say the land I'm going to give. See, how many know with God, it's already done. See, God is not waiting to do something. He's waiting for you to be ready to step in to what he has done. Did, oh, y'all didn't catch. See, we're oftentimes waiting for God to do something great. God has done whatever great thing. Come on. He says, before I put you in your mama's womb, I knew you and approved of you and ordained you as a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah 1 5. So this was already established. And so what we need to understand is like God is working from the place of a finished work. Not a place of trying to come up with something to do. Amen. And so he says, I want you to go out there and spy the land that I have that I have given, basically that that I give Israel. And so now we can trust God. How many of y'all believe that if God said it, you can count on it? Well, sometimes you can't count on people like that, right? You know, you, you met some people that don't keep their word. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, when it's time to do this or that, then nowhere to be found. But that's not the character of God. So go to Numbers 23, 19 real quick. King James. And then we'll get into this text. Numbers 29, 23, 19. God is not a man. Let's establish that. And so now we are created in the image of God. But God is not a man like us. And so man, even though created in the image of God, still has the ability to fail. Come on. Man within himself has the ability to make mistakes. But God cannot. Did did y'all hear me on that? God doesn't know how to make mistakes. And so God is not a man that he should lie. That's another thing. He don't lie. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Meaning he's not going to apologize for it. He's intentional. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make good? So who we're talking about? So earlier I said we we need to ask God like well what you doing in the earth? Because that's what matters. Because what man is doing is temporal. That, how, many, how many changes have we seen? Have, have you guys ever heard some dates, especially if you start looking at different things? They say, well, by this or that time, this or that's supposed to happen. And then all of a sudden the date came and it didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Amen. Y'all remember that? Amen. Remember everything was supposed to, Y2K, we were supposed to just, it was supposed to go down and everything's supposed to be all jacked up. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But it didn't happen. And so you have to be one that says, I'm not going to be paying attention to man because it seems like man is unreliable. It seems like man is wavering. It seems like man says one thing and does another. And so now if we go back to our text, Numbers 13. So in the beginning, Moses, God told Moses, get 12 spies. You guys have heard the story. Send them out. And have them go and spy out the land. Have them go look at what I'm giving or what I have given. And now let's pick up in Numbers 13. We'll go on verse 25. 
We'll read through 33 in the NLT. I'm going to give you some understanding here. <clears throat> so they go, and this is the report. So after exploring the land for how long? 40 days. Okay, so 40 days. So 40 days, and we're going to look at this in the NLT. So 40 days, they're in a land, but there are people in that land that are not necessarily excited about them taking over their land. That's why they were called spies. Right? So, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men return. Now, if we look at this, that verse 25, it shows you God's supernatural preservation. So what does that mean? God is able to preserve, just like he preserved the children of Israel, right? You remember he was walking in the wilderness, they were walking in the wilderness 40 years, and their shoes didn't wax old. Y'all remember that? Uh, they didn't, their feet didn't swell. Come on, somebody. They didn't have any of these problems that they should have. He provided manna for them. Come on, they were hungry. And then he provided manna. And then they got tired of eating that. And then he provided quail. And so this is supernatural preservation. God is showing them, this is about me. I don't need your help. I just need you to obey me. Amen. And so now these spies were able to be in the land and not get killed. 40 days, isn't that a long time? What if somebody, you had to sneak into the enemy's camp and say, now just hang out 40 days. Dang. And so they were kept 40 days. I want to point that out because they should have known that was God's doing and not their own. And so now, uh, Let's go to the next verse. And so they came to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. And they reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken out of the land or from the land. And so this fruit was so big that a cluster of grapes required two men to carry it on a pole. What? Yeah, the grapes were so big that one man would have the pole on his shoulder and the other one in the back, and they got the grapes in the middle. I mean, oh, that's some good fruit. I said, wow, man, I'm trying, wow, yeah, I'm trying to see where I can get those. Right? And so, next verse. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land to see Uh, You sent us to explore, and it was indeed a bountiful country. Stop right there. So we went. And sure enough. Come on. And so this is confirmation of prosperity. Come on. Lucia neighbor say, God's got prosperity in store for you. I'm going to show you something through this message because it's not. It's not. What God has to do is it's about what we can receive. It's about what we can identify with and receive. And so this was their report. We entered into the land. You sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country. A land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. Doesn't it sound like a good report? 
So, I mean, if you stop right there, you say, well, they went in there. God kept them 40 days and they came back with a good report. This is exciting. Well, let's keep reading. Next verse. But. uh, Oh, man. Here goes the Christians. God's got me. I believe I receive. Glory to God. This is my set time to prosper. But they don't like me at the job. Oh, I can't. I know this is my season to get my house. I just know it. I know it in the name of Jesus. This is my season to get my house. But. Oh, the interest rates are too high. Well, come on. Huh? Now, he said, go over there and look. I want you to confirm the prosperity that's already there. Now, this is not a land I'm telling you to go look at and see if you can figure out a way to take it. This is a land that's already yours. I got this for you. I want you to go in there and look at it. Because now God needs to see what the people are working with. It's never about his ability. It's about what we can receive. So they see that the fruit, man, this is great. And there's milk and honey, just like they told us. This is awesome. But the people living there are powerful. What does this got to do with God? But the people living there are powerful. See, I'm trying to get you so close to God where you'll do some bold things. And you'll listen to God and you'll do what God says. And he might have you apply for a job that you have no qualifications for. Come on, somebody. He might have you getting ready to buy a house and you ain't got the money yet. Come on, somebody. But if you understand that this is not based on my credentials, this is based on his. And all I need to do is make sure I am in a position. Come on. To receive from him. But what does this world always do? But there goes the but gets in the way. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Oh, man, this is this seems like, wait a minute. So God tells us to go over there and look. And we see that there is prosperity But then here comes all the reasons we can't have what God has promised us. And that's what people are doing today. They're coming up with all the reasons why they cannot have what God promised them. See, if God promises you something through his word, you don't have to know how it's going to happen. Come on. I sat up here and said, we're going to move. But I didn't have a building. I didn't even know. Well, how does this going to happen? But then God gets in there. See, all you have to do is say, well, I'm just going to stick with what God said. I'm going to make sure I keep myself out of the way because every time you get in God's way. And this is what they did. They said it's prosperous. It's beautiful. But. The people there are powerful. And all all of a sudden now they're taking it out of God's hands And putting it into their own. Why do we do that? Why do we take God's promises? He promised it. So he needs to fulfill it. 
But if God promises you healing, then you need to receive healing instead of going to find everybody around to get your healing. Come on, somebody. God says, I'm going to heal you. But then people, instead of trusting God, they go searching everywhere. They're on the Internet trying to find all kind of remedies for everything. And so now we take it out of his hand and put it into our hand. And if we put it into our own hands, now we're limited. Now, all of a sudden, his promise becomes a burden to us. How is his promise a burden to you? It's not your promise. It's his. But instead of believing that he is not a man, he would lie. Instead of believing that all of the promises of God are yes and in him. Amen. Instead of believing that. We take it out of his hands. Huh? And put it into our own. And this is what they did. And so they started to see all the things. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants, the descendants of Anak. And next verse, the Amalekites live in the, in the uh, Negev and the Heatites and Jebusites and all this stuff. And they're, what are they doing? Focusing on all this opposition. All these reasons why they can't receive what God has for them. And so now fear kicks in. Now I'm preaching this today because I said God's got great things in store for you. But that does not mean that you're going to look at your credentials and see what you can come up with. If it's what you come up with, then it's not what God has for you. You came up with that. So then guess what? Go as far as you can go with what you got. And we live in a world that's driven by man's potential, man's credentials, man's, if it's going to be, is up to me. But the kingdom does not flow like that. The kingdom flows underneath God. But in our world, people put God off to the side and then they say, oh, let me get this, God, I got this. I'm here to say you don't have it. And even if you think you got it, what you come up with, whatever solution you come up with, in your own head is going to be subpar compared to what God had for you. Hallelujah. And that's how people get themselves in trouble. They take a shortcut or they do something that they can do. And it's not what God had for them. Amen. And later on, it doesn't work out. But if we understand, God never told them to go in there and take their eyes off of him. He never said, go in there and look at it and now take your eyes off of me and start figuring out what you can do with these. You think God didn't know who was over there? (laughs) He already knew what was there, but he wanted to see. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. God is calling the church to a place of faith where we say, yes, we trust God. And he's calling you to a place of obedience to where you'll say, all I need to know is that's what God said. I don't need to have no resume to back me up. All I need to know. God, did you say that? God, did you tell? Because some of y'all, oh, man, I'm 
I know I'm at the right church because this I might be preaching for myself right now. But God's going to position you to start buying up some stuff. Oh, I can't. Oh, man, I'm trying. And so you need to know that God, God, you tell, did you tell me to buy this block? Oh, see, y'all, I'm at, I might not even be at the right church. Y'all don't know where we're going. Oh, y'all, you check. I got to lift you up out of of hoping for these small things. God's getting ready to position his body. He's getting ready to position his church to make power moves. I'm telling you, he wants us to get our minds on things that are bigger than us. But all we need to know is that he told us to do it. And so that's why we spend so much time in this ministry trying to help people understand the most important thing you need to do is obey God. Stop making decisions and asking God to bless it later. No, you don't do nothing until he tells you. You step. Uh huh. Wait, hold on. Hold on. No, no. Walk in there right now. Man, how many people want to get like that where you can hear God? God is with you. God is with you. You could be in an interview and the Holy Ghost is right there and he'll say, don't say nothing. Mm -hmm. Then he'll say, say this. And you say something that didn't make sense to you, but you said it. And things shift. I mean, listen, man, I, I got to prep the church for this because this is what we're coming into. We're coming into a position of power, man, because we're coming into this opportunity to have ownership and have influence and, and all this type of stuff. I mean, God's already prepping me, man. He's prepping us for bigger things. But we got to hear. And God will say. Pay this for that. Come on. Some will be for sale. So how much is it? Then God will tell you. Give them, we'll give them this. But if you don't listen. You say Lord I can't, I can't do that. That's, that's cutting off too many thousands. But it's his doing not yours. And if you can hear him. And then he'll say something. He has already prepped them to answer. Come on. Y'all didn't hear me. He's already prepped them to say yes to you after you obey him. But what do we do? Figuring out what we can come up with. Figuring out what we can do. Looking at our own situation. Amen. You know, people have purchased buildings for one dollar. Y'all don't. People have been given houses. People have been, I told you guys that testimony of the one man at a house in California and the Holy Ghost got on him and said, you need to give this house to this pastor. I got this story from Bill Winston, but that pastor, this man called him and said, you need to get this house. The pastor didn't take it serious. I don't know what he's talking about, but I I believe it was about a $7 million house. And God told this man, you need to give this house to this pastor right here. And the pastor had trouble even receiving it. But then the man ended up calling again and he was demanding. Come on, y'all. Y'all don't know what God will do. God will speak to a, come on, somebody. God will speak to a king. God will speak to somebody of influence and he'll put pressure on them and he'll command you better give this up now. 
And they will have the fear of God. This man had the fear of God on him so strong that he pleaded with that pastor, please receive this house. I've got to give it to you. You just give me yours. And he had a house worth about 250,000. Now, why would you exchange 250,000 for 7 million? Because God said so. And he had to be in position to receive it. Now, even with this pastor, this example, he had trouble receiving it because the first thing he says, well, how much is the water bill over here? <laughs> That's what God's people are doing now. Come on now. I say, I'm prepping you for big things. And, but then God's people still talking about, well, I heard on the news. That's your problem. You heard about the economy. But what do you hear from the kingdom? Amen. Do you understand God's economy is not affected by anything we go through in this earth? Right. Do you understand God is not moved by gas prices? Right. He's not moved by interest rates. See, some of y'all done gave up hoping on your house because the interest rates are too high. Listen, God don't want you depending on no interest rates to get the house. He wants you to depend on, to depend on him. This is going to be what he can do. But are you willing to position yourself to receive? Because it's easier to just go with the trend, isn't it? Isn't it easier to just say, oh, we don't need that. Well, God ain't talking about your needs. He says he'll give you the desires of your heart. I said, well, we don't need that. Oh, but, but what do you want? Well, I don't really want that. Well, really? Is that, is that true? See, you got, listen, I'm telling you, we're coming into some times. This is the greatest time. I said this last Sunday, it's the greatest time to be alive. Right now, you ought to thank God that you're alive and you saved, man. You ought to thank God that, man, I'm, whoo, I'm right there in the flow of God. You need to be happy that I'm saved. I'm in the flow of God and can't nobody distract me because when God's favors on your life, stuff happens for you that doesn't happen for everybody else. You don't need any explanation. Oh, well, Pastor, is this a hype up message? No, this is I'm reading Numbers 13. I ain't nobody saying nothing about no hype up. I ain't got to hype you. I just need to tell you what the book says. Amen. They're going in there, man. And he said, hey, I want you to go spy it out. They see it. But then they take they so quickly take it out of his hands. Man, God might tell you to do something. I can remember before, you know, we bought our first house up here. We started grabbing hold of faith that we wanted to do. We said, man, okay. And when we went down to, uh, we were in San Diego. So we went to East Lake at that time. And we went and found us a house. And we, we went up in there walking through there. And we started claiming it. We were new in faith, but we was trying the best we could. Amen. Come on. And even when we approached it. The man at the at the little office looked at us like, well, you know how much you need to make to be in these houses? I'm like, brother, you don't even know what I make. You don't even know me. You just going to judge me like that? And that was the enemy's attempt to get me to say, well, we ain't even going in there. You're right. You're right, Miss. You're right, Mr. Man. <laughs> we're this is way out of our league 
But thank God we went in there anyway. We went beyond him and we went in there and we did what we were told to do. Now we were learning, we were new at this, but we walked around there and we claimed it. We prayed and we claimed it. Now, God ended up shifting and doing some things. Our house wasn't in Eastlake, but we did have one. Oh, come on, y'all. y'all yeah. It wasn't in Eastlake, but it was. It was the, basically the same house, five bedrooms, all the same stuff, but it happened to be up here. Amen. But I believe it was activated. Come on, y'all. By us taking steps of faith. When even at the time we didn't have the money, come on, to qualify and we didn't listen to this naysayer talking about you don't even look like you've got this kind of money. And we didn't listen to that. We still did it by faith. We walked around it and God got to moving. Come on, somebody. And then all of a sudden it shifted and that house was here. But even then, when we decided we're going to get that house up there. The enemy still tried to shut it down. In the midst of it, I lost my job. So how are you going to qualify for a house and you don't even have a job? Well, if it was God doing it, then it didn't really matter about my dog. Come on, man. God wanted to know if I could believe. And I thought for sure, well, it's over now. But then they called my wife and said, no, don't worry about it. We, you still getting it. <laughs> well, how does that happen? You don't even have a job. But yet you still getting a brand new house. Amen. See, God is never wanting you to depend on what you can do. Right. Well, let me see if I can afford that. Even if you can afford it, that don't mean God wants you to buy it. You need to ask God. You want me to get that? Right. Exactly. Obedience is what you need to lock into. Amen. Obedience, because God may say, go walk around that house. Well, we didn't see the whole picture. We did it. Do you know that put us in a different level? And we just went up from there. And see, when you get this type of faith going in your life, then you're not moved by obstacles. You're not shaken. Oh, it looks like it's going to be. Oh, it's going. No, you don't abort your confessions. Just because you run into some opposition, you don't abort. Oh, no. Well, I guess it ain't going to happen. Well, if it's God, God ain't in a guessing game. When God says it, it's going to happen. But the question is, can you believe it? And so we see in this story in, in numbers, back to numbers. They, you know, go to verse, I think it's verse. Well, yeah, you stop right there. Um. And so what happened is God's telling them what they can, what, what he can do. And then they shifted, they take it out of God's hand, put it in their own, own hands. And now what happens is fear kicks in. Every time you do this, fear is going to kick in. I'm going to tell you right now, if I would just shift the burden onto myself, you know how much pressure it is to have a church? Some of you are like, oh, pastor, there's pressure. Well, what kind of pressure? I mean, we just come here, the lights are on, and the, I mean, what do you mean? You know how many thousands of dollars it takes to just have a place called 
Word of Life Temecula Valley. I, I've never considered that. <laughs> but we ain't up in there begging y'all for money. We teach biblical principles. Listen, from day one, every time we moved into a place we didn't have the money, we'd say, well, hey, well this is too much. But God always came through. Because this is his doing, not mine. I'm not going to, because if I take the pressure on myself, then now guess what I'm going to start doing? I'm going to look at all the obstacles. I'm going to start saying, oh, well, Lord. I'm going to have every reason. Why are you moving? You don't need to move. Because, you know, after all, your your people don't even come to church every Sunday. So why would you move? It's what God says. Amen. Huh? It's not what I say. Well, you you know, you you need to wait till you get some more people and then, you know, you'll be ready to move. But I mean, no, that could be too late. Amen. See, God doesn't do it based on the way we do things. He doesn't have this limited logic that we have. And he was trying to let this be known when he sent those spies in there. But that fear kicked in and they quickly forgot all that God had already done for them. And that happens in our lives. We get hit with some type of trial and then we quickly forget all the miracles you've already experienced up to this point. It was God that got you through everything you've ever gotten through. But you get hit with a challenge and then all that stuff goes out the window. We can't allow that to happen. And so now because because they took it out of God's hands and put it in their own hands, then now their perception got distorted. That's what's going to happen. Anytime you take your problem and put it in your hands, then now your perception will be distorted. Then all of a sudden you're going to see all the problems. You're going to see all these things. And you will even start to lie to yourself. And you're going to say things about the situation that are not even true. And this is what happened in this story. Uh, before, before we, we're going to read verse 30 in a minute, but let's, well, actually I'll read down. Go ahead. Let's read through and then I'll come back to verse 30. So we see Caleb, Caleb tried to quiet the people and he stood before Moses. Let us go at once to take the land. This is because we can conquer it. I'll come back to that in a moment. Go to 31. But the other men, who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. Next verse. So they spread this bad report. You see this? They spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone. Come on. Now they just really just taking it to the next level. It will devour anyone who goes to live there. And the people we saw were huge. Now they just expanding on this thing. Next verse. It says, we even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak, 
Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. But when did they talk? Remember, they were spies. So they were in stealth mode. But when, so when did they talk to the giants and say, hey, what do you guys think of us? Because we, we feel like we're pretty small compared to you, but what do you think? But you see what that imagination will do? And then you got to be careful. Oh, let me just give this as a warning. Don't get to telling people what, you, what God's got you getting ready to do. Because there's a lot of naysayers, man. They're going to tell you all kind of reasons why you can't believe what God told you he's doing for you. And they say, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if I would do that right now because this might not be the time. And you get to listening to people who don't know what they're talking about. Don't do it. Just stay locked into what God is doing. Stay locked into what God is doing. And so this verse 33, they said, oh, we're we're grasshoppers. And that's what they think, too. Well, to show you that's not true, let's go to Joshua. We'll come back to this numbers, but let's go to Joshua, Joshua chapter two. Now, just giving you a backdrop. So what happens and we're going to talk about Caleb in a minute. But what happened is these 12 spies, only two of them believe Joshua and Caleb. But because of the 10. They didn't get to go in. So then God brought down some punishment and he says for every day. So you walk through the land 40 days and every day you doubted me, you're punished for one year. And so they had to walk through the wilderness for 40 years because they doubted God with the 40 days. People think they can just act any old kind of way and God's just going to be fine with it. God is very serious. And so 40 years. In fact, the out of the 12 spies that were sent, only Joshua and Caleb were left alive. Did y'all hear me? The other 10 were killed. That is... And some said, well, I see, that's why I just don't know if God is. You better know. You better learn. Amen. About time for you to stop saying, I don't know. And just get in this book and see what he says. Amen. God is very serious. And so now. 40 years, even though Caleb was like, let's go. He tried to quiet the people. God said, nope. They're not going up in there. And it's going to take 40 years. But so now Joshua and Caleb are going to be the ones that get to go in there. And now they're leading this next group. But if you go to. So remember, the children of Israel, they go in there. And what do they say? We are like grasshoppers in their sight. And that's what they think, too. Isn't that what they said? But that was a lie. And to prove that it was a lie, you go to Joshua chapter two and verse eight. Now, Rahab, now is, they're coming now it's just 40 years later. Now they're about to take it. But now they send spies and Rahab takes the spies and she hides them. But what she says before the night is out, before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk to them. Look at this. Remember. 40 years ago, they said, oh, 
we, we, we like grasshoppers, and I know that's what they think of us too. But here's what they really thought. And these people have been thinking this way about the children of Israel all the way since the Red Sea. He says, I know, she, this is what Rahab said. I know the Lord has given you this land. She told them, we are all, what, y'all, y'all getting this? Wait, but I thought we were grasshoppers. You said, you know, we think like we're grasshoppers and that's what you think too. But the truth was, them giants were terrified of the children of Israel. But the children of Israel couldn't see it. Because their perception was distorted because they took it off of God and put it on themselves. And that's still happening to this day. People taking everything out of God's hand and putting it in their hands. And now their perception is distorted. He says, she said, I know the Lord is giving you this land. She told them, we are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. You know, if you know, if those spies would have just said, hey, we just want to tell you we're sent here from God. Do you know them giants would have ran? Next verse. So it's, <coughs> excuse me. So for we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea. So ever since the Red Sea. See, the Red Sea happened before he sent the first group of spies and the word was already out. And so they were already terrified, but we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the red sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to uh, Sion and Og and the, the Amorite Kings of the East and Jordan river. They know about these battles whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder Our hearts have melted in fear. Y'all see how if your perception gets distorted, it can mess you up. Something that's free for you to take. They were scared. Them giants, everybody in there were. She said, no wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord, your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. How come she knew it and it wasn't even her God? It's supposed to be their God and they don't know it. Don't be like that church. Let us not be a people who don't even know the power of our God, but yet your neighbor knows you blessed. Come on. Uh, you, you don't even know that people are talking right now. They said they want to do something to you. They want to mess with you. They want to treat you wrong at the job. But somebody else can say, oh, no, we're going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We see we're going to leave them alone. Now, you over there terrified. Talking about, I don't know why these people coming after me. You're the one that needs to recognize the power of your God. Amen. <clears throat> and that word was going out. And they were terrified. But yet they themselves come back with a, you know what that is? That's a bad preacher. They had 10 bad preachers. And we got more than 10 bad preachers today. Come on, you got all these people 
shucking and jiving. Well, aha, and ain't preaching no word. And so nobody knows what to believe because they're not getting any truth. Come on, somebody. We got too many titles, too many, all this mess, but no power. And ain't nobody looking at God. They're looking at everybody else. Well, you know, I talked to my cousin and she's a prophetess for who? (laughs) Who appointed her? And you over there receiving. Well, she said, you know, that I should invest in this. Sent from hell, not God. We need to be people that's looking to God. Don't be falling after people that's they doing stuff and it ain't even working. You know what I'm saying? That's somebody that's going to come tell you what to do in your marriage. And they on the verge of divorce. And misery loves company, man. Let me just go ahead and put it out there. Misery loves company. So somebody that's got a jacked up marriage, they want yours jacked up too. Because they want you to wallow in the sorrows with them. But you can't be one that's going around listening. Don't put your pearls before the swine. Don't be going to listen. Don't be going and talking and tell. Oh, I wonder what I should do. You better take that to God. Let God tell you what you're supposed to do. And that way your expectations will be set. And that way your perception won't be contaminated. And that way you won't mess around and, and get to doing something that God never told you to do. People make mis- mistakes because they, they run out of patience. So they just say, well, I better, you know, I better do it now because, see, God don't operate like that. Amen. In sales, there's something they try to put on you, which is called a fear of loss. Better get it today because tomorrow it ain't going to be here. Well, if God didn't tell you to get it today, leave it. Amen. And you know what? If God wants me to get this, it'll still be here tomorrow and it's going to be cheaper. You see what I'm saying? This is the confidence that I, I, I want you guys to walk in because the devil will have you believe in lies. These these children of Israel, they fell for this man. And now all of a sudden they said these giants and, and this is what they think about us. But that was not even true. They were afraid. And so we've got to be a people that would be willing to stay, take a stance like. Uh, uh, Caleb. Because in every situation. God, he'll promise you something. Now, how do you know what he promised? Get it in the ear. The Holy Spirit going to direct you. He'll, he'll, he'll tell you. You said, Lord, I'm just praying about this, man. And he'll get, I'm telling you. And, and he has a way to interpret the word to you. So you can get a promise in the book. And it could be just, man, something in there. And he'll just have it jump out. And you say, Lord, is that for me? So, yeah, that's stand on that word. Stand on that word right there. And the enemy is always going to try to get you to move from that promise. So God promises you something in his word. And then the devil tricks you to take your eyes off of God and then now put the pressure on yourself. And that people listen, pressure is an indicator that. You have shifted this thing into your own hands. If you don't have pressure, if you have peace, what if you have peace and everything's not fixed yet? 
Well, didn't Jesus have peace in the midst of the storm? Things weren't fixed yet, but he had peace. See, when you're uptight, you know how much anxiety is attacking God's people? I'm not, I didn't say the world. I said God's people. You know how many of God's people are bound up with so much stress that it's affecting their internal organs. They're just, they're uptight. They've got all this type of stuff. They're uh, having all this uh, heart palpitations and they're having all, it's all this anxiety. But if God is in control, why am I worried about it? I need to trust him. Come on, somebody. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. Come on. In the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. So it really doesn't matter. Listen, no matter what anybody says, you could always know you're going to be kept if you keep your eyes on God. And you stay in that place where you trust him. And so if you start putting that pressure on yourself, now you start seeing limitations you start seeing obstacles instead of infinite possibilities. We need to get back into just believing. Come on, take the brakes off your belief. Come on, take the brakes off of it. And but the the key thing I'm wanting you to understand, it's the obedience is the most important. You don't just jump out there and say, well, I'm going to get all of this. Okay, praise God. How you know? Well, I heard I heard this one preacher preaching on that. Well, just because you heard him preaching, it don't mean that's what God got for you. You need to get yourself in a position where you say, oh, no, no. I know how to be still before God. I know how to listen. And, you know, God never tells you to do the wrong thing. Amen. Do you know if God tells you to buy a house, it's going to be the right house. All right. I can't. If God tells you to do it, it's going it's going to be the right one. But the problem is people have not learned how to quiet themselves enough to know that it's God. I'm just going to do what he tells me. Now, numbers back to numbers 1330. We'll see Caleb. Caleb never took his eyes off of God. You know, Caleb was with him, right? So the same giants that they saw, Caleb saw. But the difference with Caleb and and those guys is Caleb had his eyes on God. Caleb never went there thinking that, man, I better make sure my skills are up because I got to be able to take all these guys out. Caleb went in there knowing if God be for me. Come on, somebody. Who could be against me? You ought to know that going into any situation that you may face. So Numbers 1330 NLT. Back to Caleb. But Caleb tried to quiet the people. Why? Because they were speaking against God. Whenever you start to exalt problems over God, you're getting yourself in a bad place. You have those people. Maybe you know them. Don't tell on them or nothing. But they are pessimists. Come on. They got a yeah, but we'll see. And you, you try to believe God. and You're trying to get something great going. They say, well, yeah, but you know. Get rid of those yeah, but. Now, I'm not telling you that, you know, because some of y'all, there's there's somebody close to you. So you can't get rid of them like that. You're like, you sure, Pastor? Because I could drop them off. (laughs) You can't drop them off nowhere. You can't do that. 
But don't be influenced by that. So you got to be able to maintain this positive expectation. You've got to be able to maintain it. You've got to be one. And you know what? A lot of times we can help each other. You can help your spouse. You can help your kids. You can help the environment. Come on. How many of y'all want to have an atmosphere of faith? Listen, you want to have an atmosphere of faith. You can help people in the church. Oh, believe this. You guys already know about this. But do you know there's going to be people that come around with these question marks over their head? Even in our church. I know pastor said, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff by faith. But, oh, man, this, this, you know, does it seem like... You know, what does it seem like to you? I'm just saying, I'm just wondering what you were thinking because I was, because I was meditating. Huh? Because I, because, you know, I was praying on this. If they were praying, God would have told them, trust me. And if you believe Pastor Troy is your man of God, trust him. Oh, let me let me go back to in the prayer. Yeah, and you go back in the prayer. Next thing you're gonna say is, "Why don't you repent and quit murmuring and quit asking all these questions?" See, that's the way God works, man. You know, we live in a democratic society. Amen. This is like everybody got a free. You know what I'm saying? Is that everybody got a voice? Everybody got a. But that ain't the way the kingdom works. Did you guys know that? Did you guys know that there is no voting in the kingdom? He said, well, no, 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 pastor, because my opinion matters. Not in the kingdom. All that matters in the kingdom is obedience. And you have a chance to flow with God or not. So we flow with God, then we get ourselves into great things. And that's what Caleb said. Man, he tried to quiet the people and said, and, and, and as they stood before Moses, he said, let us go at once. Caleb wanted to take it now. He said, because he knew. Oh, gosh, maybe I can get these people to just run at it blindly, at least. But, man, we need to take it now. Let us go at once and take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. Now, how would you have somebody saying that? But somebody else saying, we're going to get destroyed. And they both saw the same thing. Well, they saw through different eyes. And so we got to make sure that we keep our eyes on God and we have to make sure that we understand we don't need to help God. Hmm? You don't need to help God. Uh, Some people, you know, especially with churches, they come along and they say, well, this is a little cute church. Let me go ahead and help this church. No, how about you just obey God? You do whatever God wants you to do. That's fine. We know that we're supposed to serve and all that. But, you know, don't be a one thing. You know, that little cute church. I just know they need me. We love you. But we don't need you like that. Now, take advantage of opportunities that God gives you. You say, I could be a part of something great. This is wonderful. I, I believe God planted me over here. You know what? I've been praying about the church. As I say, we have a supernatural assembly. Amen. So God gave me that. And so what that means? That means you're only going to be here because God planted you here. Amen. There ain't nothing I can do right to keep you here. And there ain't nothing I can do wrong 
cause you to leave here. Because if it's a supernatural assembly, you're going to be here because that's what God said. Amen. Amen. And if we live like that, we ain't going to try to twist nobody's arm. And let me help you guys as members. Don't be doing that. Don't be going out just, you know, browbeating people. You need to come over here. No, no, no. I need God to tell them. You can invite people, but I need God to be the one that says, hey, that's where you need to go. That way we just flowing with God. And it's wonderful when you just got a bunch of people obeying God. We say we're just doing what God says. We're going to go where God let, you know, tells us to go. We're going to have what he tells us we can have. We're going to live in the level of victory and the prosperity. We're going to have all this stuff that he says that he has for us. And so in the kingdom, it's not about achieving. It's about receiving. So don't ever think you got to help God out. Amen. It is not about achieving it's about receiving. Go to Second Chronicles. We're going to close in a minute. Second Chronicles 2015. And we know that Jehoshaphat uh, and, and, and Judah, and they were faced with some insurmountable odds, right? They had, man, three different armies teaming up to come after them. But let's look at this. Yeah, in the uh, King James is fine. And so now as they pray, and this is the message that comes back to them from the Lord. And he said, hearken ye all of Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid. See why? Because fear does not come from God. And fear is a first sign that your perception is distorted because you start to become afraid. And they says, do not be afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude. So no matter what it is. No matter how big it looks, no matter what it is, don't be afraid because he says for the battle. Y'all in here with me. For the battle is not yours, but God's. And so no matter what it looks like, shift the battle. Position yourself to receive. Let God show you what it's really like. Let God expose you to what's really going on. That's why I ask you or I encourage you, pray. Ask God, what are you what are you doing right now? Well, because there's a shift coming. But what do we do as a people of God? We're supposed to keep believing. We're supposed to keep trusting. Don't change your confession. Don't start agreeing with people who are not agreeing with God. Amen. Why would you come into agreement with somebody who don't even agree with your God? Let them say what they want to say. But what we're going to say is our God is able. Amen. What we're going to say is they said it can't be done, but God can do it. Because I'm going to believe all the way to the end. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Let's close right there. He says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. See, patience is something that people don't always want to look into. But you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, 
you might receive the promise. See, if you just trust him, it's going to work out for you. But don't stray from his plan. Don't come up with your own plan. Don't all of a sudden start helping God. Oh, that's what he said, but it's taking too long. So let me go ahead and I'm, you know what I'm going to do. I, I think God needs some assistance because he probably didn't see this part. So let me go ahead and tell him that this right here is ready. Cause God, you probably didn't even see that, but let me just remind you. I think it's time for us to go ahead and do this. You don't tell God when it's time to do something. Amen. God tells you. Amen. And now we start to see God opens doors. That no man can shut. And what do we do as his children? We just walk right in there. But when I walk in there. I don't walk in there. uh, Protecting what I got. If you got to fight to keep it. God didn't give it to you. But if God gave it to you. Can't nobody take it. And there is a land. Of promise. That he has in store for his children. And this is not something we're going to have to fight, kick and scratch to get. It's something that we're going to position ourselves to receive. So we started out this message talking about we going up. Didn't we say that? Are you all okay with that? Are are you okay with God bringing increase to your life? Come on. Are you okay with God doing some things that... You didn't even think he, you hadn't even thought about it. Come on. How many of y'all ready to get into some stuff where you say, dang, thank you, Lord. I didn't even ask for this, but thank you. (laughs) That's what he does. And so we're going to have great things coming our way. Amen. God is doing it and he's doing it in our midst. And that's why I get excited because every time the enemy tries to kick up some dust, I know God's got greater. And we're going to stay in that position to where we're receiving what God has. Now, if you allow the devil to whisper to you, then you'll disqualify yourself. So every time he tries to make you think something is too hard, tell him, thank you for reminding me that I don't have this, but God does. Amen. Go ahead and clap for Jesus this morning. Amen. Praise God. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. Your word is the truth. And I thank you in the name of Jesus that your word prevails in every situation. We're not afraid. We're not ashamed. We're not going to be moved to the right or to the left. We're going to stay right there trusting you. I pray, Lord, that you help us to see through eyes of faith. And that fear would not distort our vision. We thank you, Lord. Maybe you're watching this or maybe you're here. You don't know Jesus as Lord. We want you to know everything starts for you right there. All you have to do is say yes to him. If you just say yes to Jesus, he will come into your life. He will bring his power. But you got to be the one that says yes to him. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please and fill me 
with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord right there, amen.